about the guy holding the other I'm worried about the guy holding the other guy. Some boy, he gonna go down. Oh, that's a 50. Here comes McClung. Oh, yes. Hezzy. That's a Hezzy. That's called a Hezzy dunk. So you High school jersey. Yeah. High school. High school jersey. This is the high school that he played for. That he broke the Iverson and the J.J. Reddick. Records in the state of Virginia. Here he goes. And he's putting on the handle. Look at this. That's a 540. That was beautiful. Look, look. That's a 540, bro. He really tricked you all day. You know what it is? 35. There's a 35. There's a seven-time All-Star, Damian Lillard. I think it's incredible that Adam allows things like this to be done nowadays. Like, just for the NBA as a whole. I think it's cool, right? Dollar on the back. Basketball. This is this, this range. That's this, easy. This That's money easy. Ball. Ball. They need, need the money ball. And oh, oh, he got it. Oh, oh, hey now. Please direct your attention to center court and welcome head of marketing for starring Michael Smith. Here to present the 2023 Starry three-point contest trophy to Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. Welcome to the special President's Day edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakimi Gee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. You follow that Kim again on the Twitter and account is going to be on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And speaking of our podcast, Second City Sports, you can subscribe to our podcast by subscribing at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, just go ahead and give them a follow while you're at it at WARR Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But besides troll and or do something stupid or silly, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to build and be a boot. Bye-bye. I love what she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. Celebrate the squad, give with the program, and celebrate with the squad. I'm sure I repeated that twice, but I don't care. We, we need you to uh, get reminded. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku TV, just tap on the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago's app through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have your personal PC, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Android phone, your Apple phone. Just download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that way. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and give it the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anywhere, any uh, any time of the day, whether it's at you know about this time, about lunchtime here, you, it listens. 
listen and watch and you know at your lunch or if you got you know if you don't get off to like two or three in the morning you listen to us back then as well so if you're off off on president's day you listen to for the first time welcome we're gonna you know we're gonna you know try to have a little bit of fun here in this loaded show today of course we'll talk some nfl you know some news there also we remember a baseball legend we didn't get a chance to do that on friday also to um some college hoops some big upset and some big wins as we get closer and closer to march and another uh milestone from a uh, one mr patrick kane and also another milestone in golf as well so uh sib we're gonna get right to it and we're gonna talk a little uh nba uh all-star weekend celebration uh our buddy uh let me get the the comments here our buddy vernon fairly all, already kind of you know coming up with the, uh, the smart aleck this uh today <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> also we had some great sleep especially missing the uh, the white boy can't jump dunk i'm like okay l- okay l- let's start off with the um with the uh, the all-star festivities first and we'll get to the game yeah the quiz came courtesy of the nba on tnt and nba entertainment we like that they're the one and all go ahead yep and so we're gonna wait you lost my train of thought there. okay okay let, let's get to the nba all-star stuff first we'll get, we'll get to the skills competition and what now of course the hometown uh guys utah uh you know a, a team consisting of uh, jordan clarkson and uh, and others too uh you know they defeated the, the rookies you know a, a trio of rookies also to uh Giannis's brothers and drew holiday <laughs> it was actually a pretty interesting uh uh skills challenge there and such then we got to the three point uh three point contest of course dame dollar we saw it you saw it on the clip there from turner he uh, actually, you know, this is actually his first time uh, winning the contest, and also the first he's the first Blazers to win the dunk contest too, which is a little bit shocking. Um, you know, as you know, they had great sharpshooters. Also, to the dunk, of course, uh, Mac McClung, who a uh, former Georgetown guy, played for the Bulls and, the, and actually the the Winnie City Bulls for a little bit before uh, you know going to do other things. You know, he actually signed a two way deal with Philly, so that's how he got in. He was he was actually on their on their G League team before he got you know that's so that, there's this whole. You know, discussion as to whether or not you know maybe they should open up a little bit more since you know basically he was you know just drinking a cup of coffee in the G League, and then of course the game is. So we'll talk about the game in a second. But what did you think about the All Star Weekend, all the festivities, and all the pop and circumstance, and all that in Salt Lake? Uh, minus the game last night, which we'll get to later. I was entertained by All Star Saturday night. Was it one of the best of all time? No. Was it terrible? No. But I was very entertained. If you uh, watched our show and li- or listened to our show on Friday, I was asking you guys. Uh, out there in, in, in semi-radio YouTube land and also to our uh, illustrious panel. And Josh Hicks, uh, our guy from War Media, and it's the base co- who covers the Bulls for that great um, organization. He said he said Matt McClung, uh, he could jump, but he could possibly win this thing. And Josh, he, he, he was right. Matt McClung, a G League leaguer, basically saved the dunk contest. Now, shout out to um, Troy Murphy III. Uh, who, who was the most consistent dunker, as Kenny Smith on the telecast said on Saturday. He had some great stuff, dunks, but Matt McClellan was, was a crowd favorite. I was cheering for him personally. I, and I, I think that if the dunk contest would have went on a little bit longer, I think he would have had some more tricks up his sleeve. But the only problem that I had with the dunk contest was some of the scoring. I don't know how they judge some of those dunks, including uh, Lisa Leslie. I love her, but uh, I think it was the second dunk that McClung had. She gave him a, a 49.8. What the hell was that? But uh, all in all, I enjoyed the dunk contest. Uh, is it one of the best of all time? No. Was it very good for what it was, the circumstances? Yes. But I was very entertained. 
I know people want to make the, the jokes that, oh, you know, white guys can't jump. But, you know, of course, everybody, you know, make the little uh, comment about, oh, you know, a white guy win a dunk contest in Salt Lake City. I mean, of course, that's a little bit too much on the head for some people. But let's remember, he's not the first white guy to win. I mean, you know, Brent Barry, I remember years ago back, I think it was 98. And 96. 96 scored. during the All-Star Weekend in San Antonio. Yeah, he he was playing for the Clippers at the time. And he kind of, he jumped, he jumped from, like, near the, uh, the free throw line. So... He had his moments too. So let, let, let's not, you know, do a whole like, you know, a white guys can't jump. I don't know why. Some of the scoring, like I said, some of the scoring there was a little bit of a choice. I mean, like you said, that second dunk. I mean, why didn't she? Why didn't Lisa? Lisa that was a little bit of hater, hater there. Look, I love her too, but yeah. So there was some hate going on with some of those scoring, but you know, I, I digress. But I think, I think uh, our, our buddy Eugene McIntosh from the Big said it best. I mean, let, let's just let's open it a little bit even more though. Let's open it to some maybe some. You know, maybe and one bring some of those and mm-hmm. one guys on. You know, bring some of the you know the mixtape guys on, so that if you want to open it up to some of the big, some of the top guys don't want to do it. You know, let, let's you know, especially with you know McClung winning the all with the all star dunk contest. Why not have you know just bring those guys on? So it, it just seems a little silly that uh that 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 kind of was the case there. But you know, it is what it is. With that, I want to see a couple of comments there from our buddy uh, Vernon again. Uh, re- really, Vernon, really. Yo, know, say thank you Really, I'm not even gonna read that. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know the the whole thing was just it was it was actually okay for what it was. I mean, look, was it one of the best ever? Probably not. But again, I think definitely showing a little bit of you know a little bit a little bit of of and a little bit of you know sass and stuff. So it it was fine for what it was. I think the telecast was uh, fine too with Kevin Harlan, Kenny Smith, and. And the rest of the guys were inside the NBA. I know Kenny Smith was get, getting an earful from Draymond Green, who was also a part of the telecast this weekend, and especially during the dunk contest. I understood the point where Kenny Smith was coming from regarding Matt LaFlunk. He had to earn his respect because Matt McClung only had a cup of coffee in the league already. He, he played with the Lakers for a game or two last year. He hasn't been called up to the uh, the main team so far this season, but after I think the the second or third dunk and Kenny Smith started to say, okay, um, I want to see what he, this guy can do. And Draymond Green was starting to, to rag on him already. I think it in part was uh, humor, but in other in other part it was like uh, uh, everybody was ruined for him. And it, it seemed like everybody was trying to betray that Kenny Smith was ruined against him. But honestly, where Kenny Smith was coming from, he has to earn my respect. Show me what you can do. And of course, Kenny Smith went crazy just like everybody else at the end when he won it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, like I said, I think the whole thing with the with the dunk contest and such. I mean, it you know, I would say just maybe just raise the states a, a little bit more if you really want to kind of like you know bump it up a little bit. Now, as far as the skills competition, of course, you had the you know, Walker Kessler, uh, Jordan Clarkson, of course, Colin Sexton, of course, the hometown guys from Utah winning that that competition, beating out uh, like I said, Drew Holiday, who was uh you know filling in for Giannis and his uh, and Giannis's two brothers, and you had uh, the rookie. Uh, the rookie uh, team led by Jabari Smith and Paula Pacaro and, and such and Jaden Ivey. So yeah, that, that was a pretty interesting, entertaining contest as well. Uh, the three point, uh, the three point uh, contest. I mean, that was, that was actually, that to me, that was actually the best part of the all-star uh, festivities for me, because, you know, Dave, look, Dave, you know, knew exactly, you know, what to, you know, what to do. And, you know, the three point mm-hmm. ways, you know, he actually saved those many balls. Of course they said up so that the, all the whole record money balls is the best, you know, the best, you know, wing from that top of the key and that's on the side. That's where uh, Dame's uh, best uh, showing. So, 
you know, Julius Randle, I felt bad for his son. He was not, he, he was a little yeah. upset that his yeah. dad didn't, uh, unfortunately, you know, didn't have his uh, best showing there. But, you know, you know, Dame, you know, they beat, you know, they beat guys, you know, like, you know, Tallies Halliburton and, you know, and those guys. So it, it was definitely what, that was probably the best part of the uh, the weekend for me was that three point. Because uh, you saw, you know, guys, you saw Halliburton, he had a really good showing. Buddy Heal, of course, his teammate from uh, Indiana had a nice showing as well. So there was a lot of you know great like three point uh sort of you know show there. So that was my favorite part of the All Star uh festivities. Yeah, you mentioned Halliburton. He was the first shooter. He got off to a hot start with thirty one points in the first round. Of course, he sat for nearly uh forty five minutes before he took his turn in the final round. Of course, he struggled, but Damian Lillard, congratulations to him. Uh, he deserved it, as you mentioned. This was a thir- his third time in the contest. He finally won one in a, in in the state that he played his college ball at. It was. Shout out to him for wearing his college jersey. And I thought that was a great moment, too. But uh, Buddy Heald, I thought it was going to win it, Lakina, in that final round. He really got hot, especially toward the end there. Now, I want to ask you, of course, all of our listeners out there in YouTube land, do you like the two uh, um, glowing-in-the-dark balls presented by Stray? Uh, they put it on both sides of the top of the key bracket. They had to hit the uh, attempt the shot before they go uh, continue with the race. Do you like those? I kind of like those. I know they instituted that a couple of years ago, ago, but I kind of like that if you hit uh, one of those shots, you you earn three points. Yeah, to add add more more depth into it. I think that I always yeah. like that different you know different uh balls and such. You know, those are worth three points and such. So of course, you know, Dane went to Weber State for a couple of years. I think, he, I think he got his degree about three or four years ago, and still, you know, mm-hmm. the, you saw the church tears out to Utah. That's only about like about an hour, hour and a half away from Salt Lake City, maybe uh, two hours, give or take. So that's why you saw a little bit of a little bit of appreciation there, even though he plays for uh, for uh, the, the the rival uh, divisional team. But yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the, the the balls. I mean, look, I mean, you know, it, like I said, it adds more you know depth, adds more scoring opportunities. So it it was fine. I mean, Kevin Herter from the Kings, you know, you know, he didn't have a good showing either. So that wasn't. Uh, and also Laurie Markin, of course, we'll we'll get to the game itself after the break, but. You know, he didn't have his best show either in that that three point uh, contest as well. So yeah, it was sort of one of those. Look, I mean, like I said, I think you know it was great to see uh, Dame winning that, and he definitely earned that. And look, I mean, he just couldn't hit the shots. I think you know Dame hit a lot of uh, uh, those uh, front you know front shots at the, at, the, at the wing. So that's that's what helped mm-hmm. him win uh, the competition. Yep, and like I said, uh, he deserved he deserved to win that contest. It was actually a great final. Uh, too bad, like I said, Tyrese Halliburton, who started off the contest with 31 points, he uh, had didn't have enough in the tank in that final round. But like I said, Buddy Heal set the standard with that 27 score, uh, 26 score, I should say, in that final round. But Damian Lillard knew what to do. He got hot in those last three racks and took home the title. So it, it was it was slightly better than that dunk contest, Lakina. So I'm, I'm kind of swaying on your side a little bit. Like I said, I was entertained by the dunk contest. It wasn't the greatest, but if you had if I had to rank the the events from Saturday night, so, so slightly number one, the three point contest, dunk contest, and then the skills uh, was last. Yeah, that's probably that's probably where I would put it as well. So we're gonna take a really quick break. We're gonna talk about the game itself. Uh, you know, people were already bitching about it. Even some of the players on the court were bitching about it. We'll get to all that. We'll also talk some college hoops as well. Northwestern makes their debut in the top twenty five. So uh, well, we'll see if they can kind of keep it up. I'm still a little. I'm still not on. I'm still not buying Northwest. I'm not uh, buying stuck on them. But we'll get to all that coming up next. Also, do some other upsets too. 
uh, in the uh, world of college who's going to get closer and closer to March. So, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on, on Sports on Chicago. More hoops talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the special Persons Day edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakino. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. 
S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenan McGee on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes on this extravagance we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so by scoring to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. The All-Star Game, the 2023 edition, took place last night in Salt Lake City, Utah. Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron 184 to 175. How did DeMar DeRosa do for the Chicago Bulls? He was selected by Team Giannis. He finished the game with eight points on on four or six shooting in 16 minutes of action. Of course, Jason Tatum set an all-star record with 55 points, breaking the record previously held by Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans at the time back in 2017 when he scored 54 points. Lakina, the all-star game wasn't really that much entertained by it. Of course, it, it represented what the uh, game of basketball is today at all levels, but I, re- I watched the TBS broadcast. I was more entertained by that as they were celebrating Chuck uh, Charles Barkley's birthday and him yelling at Ernie Johnson about putting his quote-unquote dirty hands in his cake. Draymond Green and Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith going there toward the end of that broadcast discussing Golden State and everybody else uh, for not pronosticating for the upcoming Western Conference playoffs. Uh, the game wasn't that entertaining, Lakina, but I was entertained to a certain extent by the TBS alternate broadcast. I mean, yeah, it was sort of like, you know, I'm glad they got those out simulcast. I thought, you know, I, I saw the original broadcast on TNT with uh, Brian Anderson, uh, Reggie Miller and uh, Candace Parker. Cause I, just cause I felt that, look, just give me, you know, I know they were going to celebrate t- Charles's birthday. I did watch the TBS bro- broadcast for a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, like, look, I, 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 it was fun. I mean, you know, actually, uh, AD have 52 in the all-star, uh, that you know that that game and also to okay. uh, Russell Westbrook had uh, 41 on 2017 actually um you know t- you know Tatum actually broke that record as well but also to it's, it's sort of one of those I guess like I said I mean okay yeah you know there was no defense playing I know uh Jalen Brown said that he'll complain that you know they wouldn't let them play defense no sh- uh, shy go against Alexander from uh, from OKC, you know, they were, you know, he was upset that they didn't, you know, that LeBron wouldn't let him play defense. So, and also, uh, Donovan Mitchell had 40 uh, points as well. Uh, he and Tatum uh, actually become you know, the second set of teammates in all-star game history to uh, each score 40-plus points. Of course, joining, like I said, join uh, AD and uh, Westbrook. We'll get to Westbrook in a second. He has a new home. But, uh, look, I mean, I mean, I think for me, I think the all-star uh, game is, is for what it was. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of defense. You know, you got guys are going to be missing shots. It was like that for a minute. You know, Dame ended up winning in the three-pointer. Of course, uh, it was a score was uh, to first to 182. So, and, and look, you got your local charities involved. So, you know, they were going to win regardless. They're going to get money regardless. So, you know, look, it's fine. I mean, okay, I want to open up to suggestion. What would you do to spice up the All-Star game? I, look, I said on Friday, do five on five for the first half and then do, uh, you know, go, you know, three on three for, you know, let's go into the third quarter and by the by the uh, the fourth quarter go one on one. I mean, if you want to spice it up a bit, you know, do that. I mean, I don't know what else can you do. So I know that they, they tried to, they, they did the whole pick of the team thing, which I thought was pretty funny. Giannis tried to, uh, you know, pick a John who John Moran who wasn't even mm-hmm. out there yet. They were picking the reserves first and such. Uh, uh, Luca, I know people were sort of like wondering like, why was Luca among the last two guys? He was going right over to LeBron's team. I think you know, he, LeBron didn't even have to pick. I don't know. I know people made a big deal about him. They're, they're calling Luca, you know, but that was a little bit uh, 
uh, yeah. Of, 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 yeah, that was a little weird. But yeah, Nikola Jokic. I mean, you'll know, be about the last you know two guys pick, but happy birthday to him. You know, he he also celebrated birthday. I so he scored. He mm -hmm. uh, he turned twenty eight uh, yesterday. So yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, it was funny. The mics the the mics part was a little bit weird because you heard Charles and them. You know, you hello. It's an audio person. Whoever's out there, turn down the yeah, mics. About, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just me. It's okay. like, and I I watched the TBS broadcast. I'm talking about doing the player draft, and I turned to TNT. It was the same thing. Like you said, whoever's handing out all is not doing a good job right now. I don't think Kenny and Chuck and Shaq were supposed to be talking over Ernie Johnson, who was coordinating the player draft. I thought that was strange. Well, no, no, no. It was it was simple that you know not turn off the mics. That's all. That's what happened. Whoever. Well, yeah, that's what you're saying. Who... Like, those three shouldn't be talking. Turn like said, turn the mics off. <laughs> Turn out, turn off the mics. I mean, or turn it down. I mean, I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, you know, but they, 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 you know, they corrected that pretty quick. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny. I know your poor Jalen, you know, Jared, you know, Jared Jackson Jr. I mean, that that poor kid, you have to sit there and be the last one pick. But you know, hey, somebody had to be. It was gonna have to be that person. So, but yeah, it was the case with him. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was fun. I thought it was entertaining. But I think for anybody that was. I know some of the players were bitching about it, you know, about not being able to play defense and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, okay, what else do you want to do? Do you want to just be off for like a week? And, you know, Luca, Luca himself said that, you know, we said on Friday that, look, he's going to go to Mexico. He's probably there right, right now as we speak. So, you know, <laughs> I think other other guys going to be uh, going on vacation in various spots. So, I mean, what, 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 okay, what, what, what do you want to do? What do you, what, what would you uh, suggest that they would do to kind of uh, spice up the All Star game itself? I'm just starting out there. You know how in the fourth quarter they shut down the clocks, the shot clock and the game clock, and they just play to a target score? Can we do that for the entire second half? I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you would I, think. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, it's sort of one of those things where you wonder, like, okay, why why wasn't more defense being played and whatnot? So, like, I, I don't mm -hmm. know. But, you know, you don't want to risk you know, guys getting hurt, so – I, I, of course, you're going to sell a little bit of, I don't know, but like I said, I mean, I don't know what else can you do to kind of spice it up, but I'm all about the suggestions. Yeah, I'm with you there. Outside of what I just said, I, I, what else can you do? Like I said, the prize money, half those guys don't really need it. Like I said, most no. of that, all that is going to the charity says those two teams are playing for. So outside of that, what else can you do? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, if you do, you know, throw in a car, like I said, you'll put some extra cash into it. If a guy scores a certain amount of points, I mean, it, it's just like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what else can you, what else can you say? But, you know, going into uh, the rest of the week, I mean, we're, we'll, we'll do uh, this weekend, this weekend's games on, um, on Friday's show. But yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. look, it, look, it was a fun all-star you know, break. And, you know, Utah did a really good job. So they did a great job. I know, you know, seeing some of the, the guys, I know some people had issues with Carl Malone judging the all-star uh, slam dunk contest. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what else could you have done there, but it was great. You know, the, the celebrity, our, our buddy, uh, Lamont Scott said the celebrity, uh, the celebrity game was actually pretty, uh, I didn't watch that, but you know, they, he said it was pretty good. So I don't know. I mean, but I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the, the all, we, we've been talking about this with all the all-star uh, games, uh, 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 weekends. You got NHL, the Pro Bowl with the NFL and such. They will be all star game. We'll get to we'll do some baseball at the top of the hour. But yeah, I mean, they're fine for what they are. I mean, look, this is just you know for the fans and for uh the sponsors and such. That's basically what these a lot of these games are. Exactly. So we'll next year the NBA all NBA All Star Weekend 
will be in Indianapolis, Indiana. So they're our head ahead of us, Lakina. I don't know if we'll be lucky to get down there next year, but that's where All-Star Weekend next year will be in Indianapolis, Indiana, the home of the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to Second City Sports, the special President's Day edition, the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. Let's get into some college hoops. It was some exciting results over the weekend. We'll start out locally. The Northwestern Wildcats, yes, those Northwestern Wildcats from the city of Evanston outside Chicago. They are now 20-7 and on the season after they dominate the Iowa Hawkeyes 80-60. Boo Booey, don't laugh at his name. That's his name. Uh, he dropped 23 points and eight dimes for the Wildcats, while Chris Murray of the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, had 14 points. Lakina, they caught Iowa on a bad day. They Northwestern, I'm talking about their defense was outstanding, and they got some much uh, needed help, especially on the offensive boards uh, throughout that game. And Northwestern's scoring actually picked up. They scored 80 points for the first time in a while. And Chris Collins has it going on right now. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be the Big Ten coach here. They'll probably go to Matt Painter or Purdue. But uh, Northwestern, uh, I told you last week, Lakina. They need 20 to 21 wins before the Big Ten tournament takes place here in Chicago in a couple of weeks. In my mind, it's official. They're going to the NCAA tournament. They can't. They technically they can't, but they cannot not possibly score this up now with I believe three or four games remaining in the regular season. I mean, yeah, they're number 21, though. That is, I think, that's the first time being back there since, you know, going to the tournament. So, I mean, look, it, I mean, look, it's one of the, look, I was one of those teams where you can catch them on a bad day. So, yeah, they, unfortunately, fortunately for Northwestern, caught them on the bad day. So, you know, I mean, look, I like this, you know, they're a good team. Like I said, I don't know if they can go far. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but, you know, going into, you know, they were, you know, they were, like I said, they depend on the three a little bit too much for my liking. That's not a good thing if you're trying to uh, you know, go far in any tournament. I don't care if it's the conference tournament or the uh, ESLA tournament. So, yeah, like I said, well, we'll see. I mean, look, you know, if let's say, you know, like I said, let's say totally you know, wet the bed. You know, they, they should get into the tournament. The bubble's a little bit soft this year. So, well, we'll see how, you know, the quad one wins and two or three wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck they're talking about that. I know I stopped listening to the ESLA when it comes to all the other stuff. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Similarly, I mean, I think they, they, they should be able to get in, you know, pending a big, you know, monumental collapse. So they should be fine. But, you know, unfortunately, the one team that did not help themselves with their attorney uh, chances, Oregon. Oregon's kind of like right on the other side of the, not on the good side of the boat right uh, right now. They uh, lost to um, Wazoo. They lost to Washington State uh, yesterday. So that does not help them with their um, attorney chances and whatnot. Purdue got a, a nice bounce back win from Ohio State, being them pretty handily. Houston uh, pulled away from Memphis by eight. Um, NC State uh, beat North Carolina 77-69. Uh, North Carolina is in real danger of missing the tournament unless they make a big showing in the ACC conference tournament when they finish strong. They could be the first team to you know, be the preseason number one, which I always thought that was a little, they were a little high for that. They should have been at least like in the top yeah. 12 or 15 to not make the tournament at all, considering after what happened with their, their breakthrough last year. But I, you know, I don't know about, I don't know what what happened with that one. Now Bradley got a a, a nice win, edging out uh, Southern Illinois. I, I actually watched a little bit of this game yesterday. Me too. You know, it was you know, definitely a you know Bradley did just enough to win that game. They didn't shoot the ball very well, but neither did Southern, unfortunately. So they were able to you know kind of you know, attain that. They still they're still in the top five in the Missouri Valley Conference. Their I think their tournament starting like in a couple of weeks. Actually, the Missouri yes. Valley. Mm-hmm. So. In, in, yeah. in the, 
any team needs to be in the top four. They get to they get a double by the way that the, like I said the way it's, it's set up now. So you know that helps them a little bit. Now Drake beat Belmont, so Southern Illinois mm-hmm. is still like right there in that little edge there in the um in this uh Missouri Valley. We'll get to the rest of the schedule. We'll, we'll probably talk about the schedule like go probably Friday, but they still got a shot. But that did not that loss did not help them yesterday against Bradley. Yeah, first going back to the ACC and you talking about North Carolina and head coach Hubert Davis, I did get, get a chance to check out some of those highlights from, from yesterday. When you shoot 38% and you give up a bunch of offensive rebounds, you're not going to win many games in, in the sport of basketball. I don't care if it's high school, college, NBA, wherever. You're not going to win many games. And, and the problem is for me watching North Carolina, well, where's that second score going to come from? And their commitment to team defense has been up and down all year long. Yeah, that's kind of been the problem for them. So, uh, yeah, you know, that they've had guys struggling. You know, Amado Baku, Baku, I should say. You know, Caleb Lowe, I saw the way with 23. But you really didn't get a lot of help. So, unfortunately, that's been the problem with North Carolina lately. So, we'll see uh, what happens uh, with that. Uh, another team, Maryland had a bad loss. But a nice win for Fred Horberg and his Nebraska Cornhuskers, 76-66. Um, in overtime, UIC beat Valpo, uh, 74 73. They edged them out, uh, there. So, going back to Saturday's games, a uh, very uh, entertaining uh, Saturday uh, games. Uh, some very uh, well, let's just say, uh, poor Georgia. I felt bad for them. They had to face uh, Alabama after Alabama losing, so 108 to uh, 59. They just hammered uh, the Bulldogs. That was, yeah, because if you remember, uh, when they lost to uh, Vanderbilt when they lost when also Oklahoma, I should say earlier this season, they beat the first time they beat Vanderbilt by 57 points. So, <laughs> so probably not a good time to uh, face Alabama after a loss. I guess they're taking a cue from uh football coach uh, Nick Saban. Uh, UCLA, uh, no trouble with California. Uh, Kansas came back, from, I think they were there like they were there like 13 at the half against Baylor. They were able to come in with a big second half. You know, Jalen Wilson had 21 points leading the way for. That big comeback, you know, over at Fog Alley. That was a fun game to watch. And like I said, they uh, 55-26, they out they outscore uh, Baylor the second half to win that game and uh, avenge that early season loss. Yeah, Jalen Wilson, clearly a top five player in the country. As I said before, Lakina, I'll say it again. Who's going to give him that second help? Uh, who's going to be that second help to help him out uh, or in Kansas? And and if they can figure that out in, in time for the Big 12 tournament in, of course, the the big dance in a few weeks. I think Kansas would be okay. I know they struggled uh, a few weeks ago in the middle part of the season. It looks like they're starting to turn it around now. Absolutely. Probably the perfect time to do it to uh, Texas. They mm-hmm. were also uh, back and forth game with Oklahoma, but they edged them out 85-83. And overtime, Virginia also edged out Notre Dame. Uh, tough, Another tough loss for uh, Mike Bray, who's going to be leaving Notre Dame. Uh, you know, after this season, but you know, a nice showing by Virginia as you know, out there. Kihira Clark had 15 points, and also too, I, I, I believe he broke the uh, the the school record for uh, for assists. He had four assists, but that actually breaks the record, the school record that John Crotty had from uh, for most in, uh, Virg- in school history. So uh, a nice uh, congratulations to him, and a nice uh, showing there. Uh, uh, Kentucky got a nice. Uh, Resume building win, you know, you never thought you had to say it with a Kentucky team, but they uh, pulled away from Tennessee, 66-54. Oscar Sheepway had 16 points for the Cats, and I think they really needed this win desperately because they were they were kind of like on the outside of the bubble looking in. So 
this definitely helps them in that resume uh, building. Yeah, back to Ben 10 basketball locally. The final lineup dropped their record to 17 and 9 after losing to the Indiana Hoosiers, the 14th ranked Hoosiers in the country in Bloomington on Saturday, 71 to 68. RJ Melendez missed a potential game tying three that would have sent the game into overtime. Uh, Trace uh, Jackson Davis had 26 points. Matthew Meyer had 24 to lead the Illini. Lakina, I did get a chance to watch most of the second half. Lakina. The Illini had their chances, but Dane Danger was in foul trouble. And Rogers, uh, their six man coming off the bench, he carried the Illini for a while. Coleman Hawkins actually played well toward the end of the end of the game. He had that big steal in the dunk, which got the Illini mm -hmm. uh, still within striking distance. Indiana was doing any and everything to give the Illini that game. The Illini was up as much as eight points in that second half, but they just couldn't shoot the ball down the stretch. All the hustles plays that Indiana got, they ended up with a basket, in particular the three-point shot. So Indiana, even though they deserve to lose that game, they're looking to walk away with the win. Illinois has to feel sick to their stomach giving that game away. Well, the, well, Indiana, they, I think they had the, they were still smarting from the loss Northwestern, so they probably were kind of, you know, filling their oats a little bit. But it, look, I think if you're in, in Indiana, Illinois, I should say, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't, you weren't able to, you know, come in and sort of like take advantage of those bad uh, misses that Indiana had. Now, uh, Jackson Davis had five blocks as well, so second time this season, so he made some big uh, defensive plays late. So, you know, unfortunately for the Illini, they didn't hit their shots, so to kind of help combat Indiana, not making there so that's one of those losses where they've lost a couple in a row I'm talking about illinois so we'll see mm -hmm. and get together k-state uh beat iowa state uh 51 uh 61 55 i should say uh miami oh they're at the top of the uh the acc right now they beat wake uh xavier beats DePaul. saint mary's uh held off um byu there were a couple of uh, missed calls late you know that was a little bit uh, nutty uh creighton creighton held off uh saint john's uh, Connecticut did just enough to beat Seton Hall. Uh, TCU, uh, no trouble with OK State. Providence um, held off Villanova, among other scores. So yeah, it, you know, some of these some of these sort of scores are you know, like I said, these are teams that are trying to get you know get going there just in time for March. Arkansas, no trouble with Florida. That helps that helps them out a little bit there. You know. A lot of these schools, like I said, at this point are, you know, kind of just trying to kind of get it going as such as they're trying to kind of you know, get together for uh, March Madness starts in a few weeks. So a lot of teams like your Oregon's, like, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, who lost to Vodtech, who are also on the bubble. So they're kind of mm -hmm. battling out there as well in the ACC for some of that spots. Uh, Louisville beat Clemson. Clemson, you know, they're fading fast after being ranked in the top uh, 25, actually at the top 15 at one point. Um, Michigan State, you know, they, I know their mind was probably on other things. You know, they lose to Michigan, but a really nice, um, really nice uh, a sentiment by uh, Michigan. You know, they honored the three victims of that mm -hmm. horrible uh, shooting that happened last week in East Lansing. You won't see this very often with two in-state rivals, especially. So, yeah, the ADs, you know, they 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 exchanged a hug. You know, that was really sweet. And actually, it turned <laughs> out to be a very uh, very good game. But Michigan made the shots late to uh, you know to uh, pull away there. Yeah, Doug McDaniel led the Wolverines with 18 points. And for Michigan State, Joey Hauser led them with 20. Like, you know, at the end of the game, I don't know if you paid attention to it or watched it, but it was around 20 seconds left to go. Of course, Michigan had the game in hand. Tom Izzo uh, spent his last time out. 
I assume he was trying to get the guys to focus, even though the game was over. I couldn't understand in the beginning why he called that timeout, even though the game was already in hand. Did you had a chance to check that out? Actually, tuned out by this, so I didn't. I didn't watch any okay. of that game. You know, I mean, I guess I'm sure. Like I said, I'm sure their minds were on other things, so I, I think they probably weren't thinking about that. I think they just wanted to get out of there and and such. I mean, it was nice little therapy for them, but I'm sure they'll get together. I mean, you know, these circumstances, unfortunately, it's been happening too often in a lot of these places, so. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. what it is with that, but uh, you know, like I said, like I said, nice sentiment there by Michigan to kind of you know help you know honor the victims. You know, they wrote little little pins and such. You know, the little green pins. Like I said, you'll never see it very often where Michigan say Michigan folks you know hugging each other. So you know that that I'm sure by you know by the time football season starts, they're going to be hating each other again. But for right now, it's nice to see that you know nice little camaraderie there. Yeah, and staying with the Big Ten. Rutgers get a big one-point win at Wisconsin on Saturday, 58-57. to 57. Both teams are still on the outside. Well, Wisconsin's more on the outside looking in. Rutgers has been arguably the second-best team record-wise in the Big Ten this year, but they get a big win on the road. Yeah, they did. And, uh, Vanderbilt upset uh, Auburn. So Auburn, you know, they've kind of – they're sort of sticking fast as well. So I don't know. I mean, not, not saying that they're not you – know, Bruce Pearl's guys are not in danger of, you know, not getting the tournament, but – you know, this is not the time to have these bad losses. You know, no disrespect to Jerry Stackhouse and uh, his uh, Vandy guys. <laughs> now USC, uh, you know, pulled away from Stanford, so you got they, they, they all uh, the wins they can get as they you know as we get closer and closer to the uh, the big dance here. So, like I said, going down the you know, as we get closer and closer to the end of February, going into March, you know, some of these conference tournaments, especially on the smaller side, will be uh, starting uh, in a like I said in a couple of weeks. So. You have to think that maybe some of these uh, teams, some of these top teams, that are in the bubble. They gotta, you know, try and make sure that you know everything else. You know, try to get those wins and other voice on those bad losses, like we saw yesterday with Oregon. Now, a, sh- a special shout out to Jameer uh, Nelson Jr. Now, if you if you guys remember his dad, Jameer Senior, yes, you know, get ready to feel old, folks. Uh, of course, you know, of course, he uh, had a, a big, uh, you know, he had a great career over at St. Joe's. You know, say. Uh, OSA Joe, of course, was just a couple of games away from uh just miss making the final four. Of course, you know, that team that that you know stay undefeated early, you know, all the way through the season and 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 whatnot. But you know, his son, uh Jameer Nelson Jr., of course, Delaware, they made the tournament last year and they had a a, a nice showing there. Actually almost pulled off enough to there, I believe, but uh he had a good showing against UNC Wilmington. On Saturday, he had a career high 39 points that matched his dad's career high when Jameer did it. You know, he had 39 points for St. Joe's against Dayton in the 03 uh, A10 tournament. So they're actually in their conference right now. I'm talking about Delaware. So they, they can go back to the big dance, you know, back to back years for the first time in a while. So just want to give him a little bit of a shout out as well. Yeah, you're making me feel old. That was the best backcourt in the country about 20, over 20 years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Nelson and Delonte West, yeah, they, they they were exciting to watch. Phil Martell coaching those guys, yeah, those were good times back then. Uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately for St. Joe's, they've kind of you know fallen off a little bit. But yeah, you know, hopefully they can kind of figure it out, figure it out. Especially well, now you got UIC and Loyola. Well, you got Loyola, I should say, to contend with now in the A10. So I'm sure they'll be able to figure it out as, as well. So yeah, so. So those are some of your scores for uh, college uh, hoops this weekend going into tonight and into Wednesday or Wednesday through Thursday. You got Louisville and Duke ESPN at 6 o'clock tonight, Monday. You got OK State and West Virginia on ESPN 2 at the same time. 
on ES. Uh, I should say it's six o'clock at the same time. Should be a good one here in the eight and the Big Twelve. I should say you got Kansas and TCU. Uh, number number three, Kansas. Number twenty-four, uh, TCU at eight o'clock on ESPN. Illinois will try to get back on track against Minnesota. They should be able to do that. Uh, that's going to be on the Big Ten Network at eight. And uh, I will. Yeah, I know there was uh, the top sixteen. I um, I think uh, Purdue's the number one overall seed right now. You got Houston, um, Kansas. I forgot who were the other. Uh, who was the other? Uh, for number one, but I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure it'll, it, I'm sure there might be some changes once we get closer, closer. You'll got a couple more weeks left in the season once the conference tourney starts. There's definitely going to be some uh, movement there with some of those teams. So, yep, going into Tuesday's schedule tomorrow, we'll have Villanova at number 16 Xavier at 5:30 p.m. Central Standard Time on FS1. Exist o'clock on ESPN2, number nine Baylor at number 14 Kansas State. That should be a good one in, in the Big 12. That place in. Manhattan, Kansas will be jumping. Also at 6 o'clock on ESPN on Tuesday, we'll have number 11, Tennessee, and number 25, Texas A&M. Big game for both teams. And at 6 o'clock on ESPNU, we have, we'll have number 13, the, the U, University of Miami, traveling to Morgantown to face Virginia Tech. Actually, Blacksburg, I should say. Yeah, Blacksburg, Virginia, yeah. Uh, Murray State and Missouri State at uh, CBS Sports Network. That should be a fun one. That's a that has a lot of Murray, uh, Missouri Valley implications because Murray State they're still trying to stay in that uh, in that realm in that top uh, tier. So you know, getting ready uh, for that one. Uh, Mississippi State and the Fighting Mike Burmans, as we call them, here the M- Mizzou. They're trying to get back on track at six o'clock on SEC Network. You know, they're trying to rack up as many wins as they can. Uh, in the Big East, FS one seven thirty, you got Marquette and Creighton number ten against number nineteen and. Omaha, that's at 7.30 on FS1. Iowa State and number eight, Texas, is going to be on the Longhorn Network at 8 o'clock. Uh, Indiana and Michigan State, you got they, uh, the Breslin Center will have be very emotional there as, you know, with everything going on. It's going to be their first home game since of work, that, that tragic shooting in East Lansing on their campus. So that should be a very emotionally charged uh, night at uh, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Texas Tech, Oklahoma Tech, trying to get you know, those wins for uh, you know tournament purposes. That's at eight o'clock. Excuse me, and uh, Georgia and Arkansas at eight o'clock on SEC Network. Uh, a couple of games of knowledge we had towards Wednesday schedule at six o'clock on ESPN Plus. We'll have uh, Bradley will face Valparaiso. Of course, Bradley's still trying to keep that top spot and trying to take over the Drake Bulldogs in the Missouri Valley Conference. That's at six o'clock on ESPN Plus on Wednesday. And at the same time, on the ACC network, we'll have Syracuse traveling to traveling Clemson to take on the Tigers. Syracuse sixteen and eleven, while Clemson has a record of nineteen and eight. And continuing with our Wednesday schedule, well, we'll have Southern Illinois. They'll continue to see if they can climb back to the top of that mountain. Sorry, the Missouri Valley Conference. They'll host Northern Iowa at. 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus, Southern Illinois, with a big loss yesterday to Bradley. Their, their record is now 20-9. And, and speaking of Drake, on Wednesday at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus, they'll host Illinois State. Drake checks in with a record of 23-6. and six. Of course, DePaul will host Butler. That's on FS1 at 7.30 on Wednesday. And the number one team, in the new number one team in the country, the Houston Cougars will host Tulane at 8 o'clock on Wednesday on ESPNU.
Lakina, you're muted. Okay. Uh, we'll continue uh, with the conference uh, schedule with the uh, with the schedule of college basketball going into th Thursday's action. We'll have Memphis and Wichita State at six o'clock on ESPN. So you back with us, Lakita? You are muted. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Providence yeah. and, and Providence and UConn. You forgot uh, that number twenty, and number eighteen, the Big East. Okay. Uh, that's at five thirty on uh, FS One. Uh, let's see, you did the you know, New Mexico and Boise State. Like I said, New Mexico, they need to get back in it. You know, with in the in that uh, in that uh, Missouri Valley. I mean, they need this one desperately. That's going to be at nine thirty on FS One. Also, Auburn is to bounce back. They host uh, Ole Miss at eight o'clock on SEC Network. Iowa, Wisconsin, both these teams need to kind of get it together. They're trying to get into the tournament. That's at 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network on Wednesday. Thursday's action will have Memphis. Uh, Memphis, uh, oh, my computer is acting up here. I know Memphis will be playing on Thursday. Jesus Wichita Christ. State. But, yeah, which is I'll say thank you. That's why I have teammates. Yeah, so th that'll be the first game up at 8 o'clock on Thursday on the Big Ten Network. Northwestern. First time ranked in a few years. They'll try to champagne to face the final line. That's at 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Illinois trying to uh, start a new winning streak, assuming they beat Minnesota tonight. They have a big test against Northwestern at home on Thursday. Remember, Northwestern beat Illinois back in early January. So the final line will have a revenge on their minds. Yes, they will. And uh, I think you got all like the top uh games here are ucla and utah at 9 30 on fs1 uh let's see here uh that's pretty much it i mean the michigan and Rutgers at 7 30 on fs1 uh like i said that should be a fun one michigan really needs if they're trying to get into the the other side of the bubble and uh northern kentucky against detroit mercy if you know antoine davis you know he's trying to uh break those all types of scoring records in the ncaa so you guys could check him out of course we've been talking we talked about him for a couple of weeks here mm -hmm. uh six o'clock on espn plus if you want to check that game out as well and uh that is your schedule for uh this week in college hoops as we get closer and closer to march madness yeah remember selection sunday is sunday march 12th so it's only a few weeks away, so it'll be around the corner before you know it. Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead. As you listen to a special President's Day edition of Second City Sports, we'll have baseball to talk about. We have an interesting top ten list of MLB center fielders in the game today. We'll, get, we'll go through that list. The White Sox actually signed somebody again, Lakina. We'll see uh, who they signed and if they'll help the White Sox uh, get back to the playoffs this year. We also had to talk about golf. Tiger Woods, how did he do over the weekend? And we'll have Old School TV Monday edition number three for Black History Month. We'll give you a clue. This show had a lot of drama on screen and off screen. We'll leave it at that. And, of course, we'll honor the late, great baseball man, Tim McCarver, that and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You listen to Second City Sports right here live in the 11 color on Sports Old Chicago. My lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? 
Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of the special President's Day edition mm -hmm. of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's Group again, the IG. We have less than 50 minutes left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so. By going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, typing your questions or comments in the comments section, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, so let's uh, talk some baseball here. As we get closer and closer to uh, the season, you know, we're in a spring training uh, right, <clears throat> right now. As we speak, you know, of course, you know, both the Cubs and the Sox and other MLB teams are, are you know, you know, working out right now in various spots all over Arizona and Florida. Now, the White Sox made some news yesterday by bringing back Elvis Andrews on a one-year, uh, $3 million deal. He gave his team a little bit of a spark last year, but he kind of faded away uh, pretty quick. But uh, sort of, you know, that's pretty interesting the way they, you know, they brought him back. I mean, 
it was, it's a low risk deal. You only it's only three million, so that's I guess that that's probably not a bad uh, bad risk if you're a Rick Hahn and the White Sox. But what do you think about that signing? I thought it was a nice signing because, as you mentioned, he was one of the couple of additions that uh, off the waiver riders they did give this team a boost last year, along with Johnny Cueto. And the Sox did uh, hang around around August and September when they were struggling. Of course, you had the whole Tony LaRusso, Miguel Cairo situation that, that took place as well. But as far as on the field, and uh, Elvis Andrews was one of a couple of players that had baseball awareness, you know, stealing bases, running the bases. He brought defense to the infield, especially after Tim Anderson went down with that thumb injury in early August of last year. So he's going to bring some stability uh, to second base. Of course, he played shortstop the majority of, of his career with Texas. And, of course, he was with Oakland last year before they cut him after the trade deadline. So as long as he, he, he continues to do what he did last year, I think it's going to be an upgrade for the White Sox. I feel a little bit better about the White Sox chances this season. But just a couple of questions. Can At, at his age, can Elvis Andrews keep it up for a full year? And will it be on the roster for a full year? And number two, what's, what this tells me is Roman Gonzalez – and Lennon Sosa, both of those guys, according to the White Sox, will not be ready yet just to take over second base. Of course, this second base has been a hole you know, in that organization for a while since Gordon Beckham. That's about 12, 13 years ago. Of course, Gordon Beckham brought it with the glove, but he never could bring it with his back. So Elvis Andrews is a super glue for that position, for at least for this year. Right, it'll be interesting to see if, like it's like you said, I mean, Nick, he gave him that spark, you know, with the hitting and with the stealing bases and such. But yeah, can he keep it up? I mean, he is getting up there now in age. I think he's in what his early thirties now. So I'm a little worried about about that, especially. I mean, you probably won't see age thirty four. Yeah, so you know, like you probably won't see him every single day. He's probably one of those guys you'll probably see maybe every like maybe maybe three or four games that he'll take a rest and such. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see if. If he kind of give him that spark, I mean, from last year, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you never know, but it'll definitely, like I said, I think this will, this is a definitely a good you know, thing for the White Sox because, you know, I know you guys have all said that the White Sox haven't done, you know, too well in the offseason so far with signing. So this should help a little bit, but it'll be, like I said, you'll be interested to see what happens with that one. Now, Cleveland, Cleveland still, you know, they, they made some moves. So they're going to be, they're going to be right there in the division. We'll see if Minnesota <coughs> make a move. I know they've made some, a couple of big, um showings there too so i think for me i think look the white could the white sauce win the al central sure but it's it's gonna be difficult so we'll we'll see what happens now going up to the north side for a second it looks like kyle henders could be on his way back you know he'll probably miss about the, le- the first piece of the season so i'm a you know i think that i think they're with all the all the other pickups they've made so far of course of course, uh, of course, Dante Dante Swanson is probably like the like the number one, you know, the top, you know, headliner there. But of course, they brought on Cody Bellinger on a, a minor league deal. You got um, Eric Hosmer, basically, uh, basically sort of the same thing with Andrews, a very low risk, potentially high reward. You know, you only got him for the minimum, so that that helps. Trey Mancini getting him on a two year, uh, fourteen a million dollar deal. So you know, of course, Jameson Talent had that extra, give him the extra ump on and on the reliever side. That's a big that's a big gift for that rotation because that was probably one of the few you know, good spots for the for the Cubs last year was the the pitch was the pitching and the relief and also the starting pitch as well that's why he bought uh, talent on now my only concern is what are they going to do for hitting I know you got we talked about with our girl Caitlin Sharkey on Friday from uh, WGN mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering like okay where is the scoring going to come from so you know we'll see I mean I think for me I think if you're a Cubs fan I gotta be feeling encouraged especially after what happened last year no one thought that you know that they were going to win you know 
probably 50 or 60 games. They avoid like what 74. So mm -hmm. they'll probably get closer and closer to 500. I don't know if they're going to be ready to compete for a wild card spot just yet. I know uh, Milwaukee may have some ideas. We'll see where St. Louis is. A lot of their guys have retired. So uh, if if you're if you're at least competing for a wild card spot, if you're a coach, you should be getting a little encouraged. And let's not forget to back to that Cubs starting rotation. Marcus Stroman, who who had an up and down year last year, as he is getting to used to the newer uh, new uh, surroundings on the north side of Chicago. He was injured too last year. He did show some signs of, of being that potential dominant pitcher, but potential number one starter on that uh, in that rotation. So we'll see how Marcus Stroman does in year two. He should have much uh, a much better year if he stays healthy. Yeah, I think that she really should be. Like, I think I think Stroman had a better, you know, would have had a better showing had he had stayed healthy. I think the Cubs probably mm -hmm. would have had an even better record had he had stayed healthy. So that's kind of that was sort of my my thing with that. But I think, like I said, you should be feeling encouraged if you're a Cubs fan. Jed did a little bit of spending this year. Jed Hoyer, I mean. So like I said that's for me. I think it, it's really going to be like, can we keep up the consistency, you know, and, and such. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, they showed a little bit of fight last year. You didn't. They they could have you know throw up their hands and say, you know what, no one's expecting nothing from us. You know, let's just suck for the rest of the year. If they did for the rest of the year, they didn't. So. Again, well, we'll see. I mean, look, the, the roster, like I said, I mean, we'll when Hendricks comes back, we'll see how that starting rotation looks. <laughs> I, I'm a little, you know, some, some of the reliever guys I'm a little bit concerned about, but, you know, well, we'll see. I think, you look, you got you got some good veteran guys. You got Drew Smiley you know, and, and, and those guys. I mean, you know, Keen Thompson also, too. So, like, I, I'm not too, you know, too worried about the starting rotation and the reliever. Like I said, I think that the, the offense going to be, you know, can we keep the consistency from start to finish? Of course, you know, I think it should help. Yeah, Hosmer, this is his first real. He has a World Series ring. You know, Dancy Swanson has a World, World Series ring as well. So I, I'm not too worried about the Cubs. You know, Trey Mancini brings that, that veteran uh, presence that this team needs. <laughs> and such. So, so this, like I said, I'm not going to say they're going to win a division. I'm not going to say that, you know, that they're going to be up there with Milwaukee. But they could definitely be a, right there could be one of those three wild card spots. Yeah, they can if they can push their record past 500. And also, too, who's going to be their closer for the Cubs? And that's the one thing I know not too many people are talking about, but who's going to be their closer? And we talk about the offense, who's going to produce those uh, our, those RBIs. We'll see what happens with that. And also, too, I don't know if you saw some of the, uh, the film on sales Suzuki Lakina. He looks a little mm -hmm. pretty bulked up. I know he was yeah, interested in last, last year. I know mm -hmm. he had a hot start for the, for the month of April and then, he got injured, and then when he came back, the uh, pitchers figured him out. He did have some sort of a renaissance a second half, especially toward the last month of last year, September. So hopefully he can stay healthy with that new body of his. Uh, hopefully he can have a, a breakout uh, second year. Yeah, he had that 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, you know, he has definitely bulked up, so he might be prior for a big year too. So, like I said, I think it's I think it's everything if everything kind of you know, falls into place for the Cubs, they could be definitely they could be definitely be right there at least not if not only pushing 500, but like I said, you know, maybe compete for one of those three wild card spots. Mm -hmm. We'll see, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I think both Chicago teams I think have the a chance to kind of like sort of not necessarily you know, have breakout team. I think the White Sox more so than the Cubs. I think you know since White Sox you know. They you know, fell flat last year, so really like I said, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but in games for spring training for all uh, 30 MLB teams will start later on this week, so it will dive deeper into our divisional previews once we get into the month of March, and we'll, we'll give you our picks towards the start of the, of the season. So uh, it's going to be interesting spring tra training, and don't forget the World Baseball Classic. You know me personally, I think it's a big waste of time. 
and some of your favorite players on your favorite teams will be participating in the World Baseball Classic. So uh, look out for that as well. We'll see how some of the White Sox stars do in there, in particular, Johan Makata, Luis Robert, Luis Robert Jr., he likes to be called this year, Lakina. We'll see if they put the junior on his uniform. And so I was just looking at it from the White Sox perspective. We talked about this, uh, reading, um, referring to Scott Merkin's article from MLB.com last week. Some of those White Sox stars, I believe Tim Anderson is in it as well. Uh, some of them, it depends on how their team does, they can benefit from playing in the World Baseball Classic, carrying the momentum into the start of the season because let's be honest, for both teams, but in particular the White Sox, they need to get off to a good start, especially on the new first-year manager, Pedro Grafalo, who's been doing a nice job from what I've been reading and hearing, uh, communicating with the Latin players, all players in general, but in particular, Johan Makata. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not. I don't. I probably won't watch a single uh, minute of the World Baseball Classic. So, it, it, like I said, I think I don't want to say it's a waste, but I know you know, team guys want to play for their uh, home teams or maybe not their home teams or their adoptive teams. I guess however you want to look at it. So, <laughs> I think all I think all teams kind of benefit all put kind of benefit of, benefit from it. But at the same time, though, we've seen instances where guys, you know, just just you know, just. You know, just kind of fell flat after the world baseball mm-hmm. class. So I guess if you're a Cubs or a White Sox fan, yeah, I hope that it's the it's more the latter and not the former. But again, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like I said, we'll get more and more in depth into baseball as we're closer and closer uh, to opening day and such. We'll do our divisional previews. We'll probably have you know various you know, guys on the talk both Cubs mm-hmm. and Sox and MLB as a whole. So. We'll, we'll get to all that as we get going here. As you listen to Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Now let's switch over to the gridiron because, of course, you know, football in the NFL season never ends here. You guys know that. So we're, we're going to get a chance to talk about uh, this uh, for a second. But uh, Derek Carr was released by the, the Raiders. So fortunately, there have been various suitors. Uh, the Jets uh you know being the best he- the headliner as well of course i'm sure there there have been some other teams that have been mentioned but the jets have been kind of like the big uh thing i know the saints but they got a lot of you know saints you know because he's you know he was he talked to dennis allen a couple i guess they're some you know top some of the top brass from the saints the only problem mm-hmm. is that the saints don't don't have any money because they're well over the cap yeah so- they looks like they'll cut michael thomas because he he's been injured the last couple of years and alpha kamara given his off the field situation and he didn't have a good year last year. Uh, looks like he may be headed out the door too. It's not and part of it will be because of his fault. We'll see what happens with this. What what he what happened um, during the Pro Bowl weekend? But uh, the Saints still has some salary cap problems, as you mentioned. So if, uh, if I was Derek Carr, I think more. If you're looking at NFC South division, I think Tampa really doesn't have to rebuild that much. I know Tom Brady officially retired, so he's not coming back. So if Derek Carr, if he doesn't sign with the Jets. If he signs with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is a playoff contender team again. I think they'll be an even better team. I was just gonna say that if you had to just let me finish, I was gonna say <laughs> that Tampa. I was gonna say that Tampa might be like the better, better spot. But like I said, you know, we'll see the offense. Is that is that offense gonna be uh, made for uh, Derek Carr? I think that's my only question mm-hmm. with. Uh, Tampa, but that's probably like the one. Maybe Washington. I know Airbnb enemy. We'll get to uh, that in a second. Yo, Airbnb mm-hmm. enemy. Yo, leaves Kansas City and yo goes to Washington. I know some people are wondering, like, why would he do that? The only thing I think of, I can think of is that he doesn't have to be in anyone's shadow. Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. We know this, of course, from his time here in Chicago, both as a player mm-hmm. and uh, as a DC. So he's not gonna yo jump, you know, jump in and say he'll let he'll let BME do his thing. 
The only thing I can think of is that maybe he wants to see if he could do it with he's, he did it with Patrick Mahomes and all the and Travis Kelsey and Scanlon and Juice Smith Schuster, all the guys around him. But I guess he well, there other than Terry McLaurin, there's not really not much you know there in the, on the offense side. There. I know they have a decent old line, but there's not much going on there with the Commanders. So we'll see. But yeah, what do you think about uh, that news about uh, Eric Bieniemy uh, going to uh, to Washington? The only thing I can think of, and I saw this on ESPN when they uh, introduced Bieniemy at the press conference assistant head coach that's the real reason why he's there because he shouldn't have gotten a, a, a head coaching job years ago especially following their first super bowl in 2019 when they defeated the 49ers so it's not like eric bianami can't coach it's not like he can't relate to the players he played in the nfl back in the 90s we were watching the key and i remember as a backup at san diego with the charges so uh he can relate to these players uh he's coached uh the coach who coordinates some of the best Offensive plays we we seen in in this in this time during the NFL. So it depends on which quarterback the Washington Commanders get. But uh, this is a clear message that I picked up. Should Ron Rivera struggle coming out the gate this year, Eric Bieniemy will be your new head coach. The associate head coach is an important time, like you know. That's why Eric Bieniemy signed with the Commanders. Should Ron Rivera go to a, a bad start, Eric Bieniemy will be your next head coach some at some point next year. Might be a bump in the salary too because of that as yeah. well. I think people are not, you know, taking that into account too. The fact of because of that, so I'm wondering, like, like you said, you know, should you know, should Washington struggle early on, like they did next last season? I should say, should they do it mm-hmm. next season? That's going to be a whole different thing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if he gets his shot, but that's going to be kind of interesting. We'll see if if look if if he if he can do the same thing excuse me, as he did. Uh, with uh with uh with a Kansas City, so we'll see what happens uh with that one. Uh, uh Rex Ryan uh, uh you know has interviewed for the Broncos DC uh job. Uh, okay, that that's kind of interesting. He hasn't <laughs> coached in like about a decade, so it'll be uh, yeah that 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 kind of you know you know that was a, definitely a head scratcher over the weekend, but yeah that that's interesting that's interesting I'll, I'll say that but uh i mean look he still follows the game as us so that that could help a little bit but i don't know i mean we'll we'll see but what did you think about that news yeah like it's like you say he's still following the game closely of course working with espn so i don't know if he wants to go back into head coaching again i you know it wasn't the it didn't end well when he was with buffalo uh almost a decade ago now so uh it it was probably a courtesy interview from what the vibes I could pick up, but then again, you never know. So uh, we'll see what happens. Basically, you'll choose the comfortable life of ESPN. I'm going to that racket race of becoming a D coordinator because you know as well as I do, Lakina, assistant coaches are year-to-year jobs. So mm-hmm. do you really want to go through the headache again? Yeah. Especially after they've been off of it for almost close to a decade. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see if he does decide. Like, I think it's more of a courtesy interview, like like he said. I think even Sam Ponder, who also hosts uh, NFL Countdown, Sunday NFL Countdown with uh, mm-hmm. Coach Ryan. I think even she said, uh, "Yeah, uh, no, that ain't happening." <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, like they, apparently, I guess they didn't mm-hmm. know that he they didn't know that she that he was interviewed for the job. So it might be for a courtesy interview. Now, apparently, Daniel Jones wants uh, forty-five million dollars. This is according to some of the reports, and I guess now he's switching agents. So. You know, I, I it's, it's it's a little bit weird that look. I know he had a good year uh, this past season, but mm-hmm. forty five million that's a little bit much. But apparently, I guess he's in the process of changing agents. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, you, know, you know, he's been represented by CAA. Is that how many years? 
It didn't say that from what I read. Yeah, it didn't say. I think he was a $45 million uh, bonuses, I guess. I think he was a long-term deal. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, I don't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything about like a, a length. I, I just saw like, the, I guess he won 45 million bonuses, I guess. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know, I don't know if he deserves 45 million. I know he's a little bit of a bump in, uh, bump in pay, but not 45 million, uh, signing, uh, you know, signing and stuff of extra bonuses. But yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. And that's a three year deal, <clears throat> a two year with an option for a third for $45 million. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. But for Daniel Jones, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. He's a uh, he, he he performed well this year, Lakina. He's one of the big reasons why the Giants went to the playoffs this year. And of course, they took advantage of a bad schedule uh, mm-hmm. during the first half of the year. So let, let's put that out there as well. So uh, Brian uh, Dable uh, brought the playbook from Buffalo to Buffalo. New York, and and Daniel Jones did a great job. Now it looks like will he have Saquon Barkley back with him, and they need a number one wide receiver. So. But mm-hmm. as far as his pay, he will get a bump in pay, but I'm not going to break the bank for him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I know he had a nice, he had a nice season last last this past season, but I yeah, I'm a, I'm a little no, I I wouldn't want to you know give him that much money, especially like he said they they uh, they benefited from a from an easy schedule, quote unquote easy schedule. So I I wouldn't give him that much. But uh, Ronaldo Hill, if you guys, if the name sounds familiar, of course. Uh, he was the uh, the DC uh, with the Chargers. Now he's leaving there to go to uh, reunite reunite with uh, Big Bangio, who's now the DC over at uh, Miami. I, I mean, you know, he made that defense one of the best in the in the league. So mm-hmm. I, I I'm a little surprised by this, but I think he wants to reunite with Fangio and such. You know, there might be some other stuff going on with the Chargers. We don't know, but that was that was a little bit somewhat surprising that the Bonanos came across uh, this morning. Yeah, and I was surprised as well. You know, the Chargers made that offensive coordinator change with uh, Kellen Moore <clears throat> leaving the mm-hmm. Cowboys to join them. Of course, re, uh, respond to them using air quotes for those of you listening on our bo- podcast replay. Uh, respond to that bad loss they had against Jacksonville in the wildcard playoff. So uh, the Chargers have enough pressure on them as it is. Their defense was actually good this year, looking mm-hmm. when healthy. Yeah. So we'll see if they can do it again. But Brandon Staley, he's on the hot seat now. Oh yeah, definitely, and uh, should have been. He probably said he should have been gone uh, this, you know, this this past off season. But you know, well, what what can you do with that? But yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a little bit. That's gonna be interesting too with the Chargers. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers still his uh retreat. So I guess he has like what one more day. So I, you know, it, it's yeah. I I'm oh I'm over the whole Rodgers. Me is, too. Is, is he or is he gonna retire? Like. Just, just, just with me when he makes a decision. I don't, I don't need extra. go away. That's yeah. my two words for him. Go away. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need excerpts from the Pack McAfee uh, show and such. So just, just, just make a decision. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's so much. You know, some people say that could they cut Ezekiel Elliott? Talk about the Cowboys. Could they? Could the Bucks trade uh, Chris Godwin? And I think you just mentioned a couple of others that could be you know, coming across the pike. Mm-hmm. So, and so, well, it'll be interesting in the next few weeks once the new league year starts. A lot of questions will be answered, I feel like, and we'll see. Uh, just one more question, and this is regarding our Bears before we break for the bottom of the hour. Would, if it's for the right price, would you resign David Montgomery? I would for the right price. But like, is he going to need a? Is going to want the money though? Because I, I, I think yet he might ask for a little bit of extra bump in salary. 
will will Ryan Poles be able to pay him that or will want to pay him that? Because I don't want to say that running backs are a dime a dozen, but for what mm-hmm. he does, but you could probably go to free agency and get you a running back that's still very young. You can uh you could probably draft a running back in the later rounds and perhaps maybe mold him. So I don't know. I know they got I know the Bears will have a lot have a lot of money on in in cap space and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But I don't so know. they gotta save for Justin Fields in a couple years. For, exactly. Don't that. Exactly. So you know, I don't know. I don't know if Poles is gonna wanna, you know, break not necessarily break the bank, but give him a little bit of a bump. But I don't know. It depends. I haven't heard about what his demands are. I'm talking about Montgomery, so I don't know. You know, so we'll see what happens with that next show. Latest from the rumor mill for the National Football League. Last segment of the show coming up, Lakina. We'll honor Tim McCarver, who passed away last week. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a top 10 list of the MLB center fielders in the best in the game right now. Of course, a future former Blackhawk dot, 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 question mark, make history last night. We'll give you details on that. And we'll have our th- uh, week three edition of Old School TV Monday, Black History Month edition. That and a whole lot more as you as you continue to support us and listen and watch us right here on Second City Sports, a special President's Day edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports on a special President's Day edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CKID80. Once again, at CKID80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kansas for me on the IG. We have less than 25 minutes left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get these last minute slash fourth quarter comments in to our comment section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Typing in questions or comments in the comment section, Lakina would get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, uh, let's get this out the way and go local. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, the let's do their hockey for less than two minutes. <laughs> the Blackhawks <laughs> pick up a rare win last night, beating the Toronto Maple Leafs at the United Center 5-3. to three. Patrick King, could he See his uh, could even watch this last home game at the United Center in the Blackhawks uniform. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. But Patrick Kane recorded his ninth career hat trick last night, uh, scoring uh, three goals, and they get an empty netter to wrap it up at the end. Lakina, uh, before we get to Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze in the Blackhawks released some news before the game yesterday. Of course, Jonathan Taze hasn't played since January 28th. He said that he's suffering long symptoms of COVID and and some other a couple other health issues, but he says he intends to he's focusing on his health and trying and he is trying to get back uh, to playing hockey at some point this year. I will ask you, we've been asking this question all year long. Will one or both of them be traded by March 3rd? I think it's a strong possibility for Kane, but Taves, especially given his health setback right now, I think John the Taves is staying. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. When I saw that news yesterday, well, first the news came out that they were that you know he wasn't playing for a little bit longer. I'm like, uh oh, something must be up. But you know, not surprised. They probably won't trade him because of the health reasons and such. But yeah, you know, tough. You know, our best wishes to him because I know he's been you know, going through you know, the last couple of years. So I, I, you know, now you re- you read that he's suffered from long COVID and other injuries as well. So. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime uh, soon, you know, whether it's via trade or whatnot. But we'll see what happens in the offseason. If he is on his way to be, to recovery, maybe they can get something from him during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kyle Davidson, I'm sure, will make the calls after their season's over with to, you know, to see what's going on there. But uh, but I'm not surprised by that now. Kaner is a different story because, uh, you know, I saw a little bit of that game, you know, uh, last night. I mean, he looked like the old, you know, the old Patrick Kane we saw from uh, mm-hmm. a few years back from those those cup runs. I mean, of course, you know, his nice career uh, hat trick. And we saw the hats, you know, from the – actually, not a ba- it wasn't a back right over at the UC. I know that, you know, of course, we know that the Hawks aren't going anywhere this year. But it was a nice show, you know, by them. And, uh, and, and look, I think probably – I'm sure, you know, Kyle Davis, like, again, is probably making some calls to various teams, you know, who probably is going to need someone like Kaner and his skills. I mean, I'm sure Carolina may, you know, may need somebody like him. Yeah. Uh, well, they need that extra uh, scoring. They got one of the top records in the league. Um, 
Boston could probably use an extra guy. Maybe, you know, Toronto, that was a little bit of an upset there. You know, Toronto, uh, you know, with them upsetting them la- uh, last night. But maybe Dallas? I mean, I don't know if they want to train within the Central Division, but, you know, Dallas and Will- uh, Winnipeg could probably use them. Vegas could use them. The Canes, you know, the Kraken. So there are a lot of teams that could use uh, Kaner. And I, I know that – I don't know if Kaner has a list of teams. I know he's got like, a no-trade clause and such, so – I'm sure he'll have his pick up with teams if he decides he wants to go and he doesn't want to go anywhere, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I think strongly, I thought the uh, one of those teams would have been in New York Rangers, but they made their move to uh, acquire Vladimir Terry Single oh, from St. Louis still, a couple Terry weeks Singel, ago. Yep. So, and, and if you watched or listened to our show during the Stanley Cup playoffs the last couple of years, the Rangers couldn't have, uh, they didn't have enough scoring to get over their home during the playoffs. Nope. They always do good during the regular season, but Come to playoffs, they usually struggle scoring. You know, things get kind of tight during the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I think the Tarasenko move would help the New York Rangers. Now back to Patrick Kenya. You mentioned about five, six teams. And I know part of him wants to stay here because he has a young son now. Yep. And he's, he's just started a family. So you had to put that into consideration as well. So I think it's still a 50-50 call at best if he gets traded on March the 3rd. I still miss Panera. I still miss the bread, man. I know. <laughs> I miss him. So what's it? I'm sorry. Uh, going back to my uh, my skis for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's Here, but Terry Single, uh, they're, at least on paper, they'll make a great duo for the Rangers. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I really like. I, I this that was that was uh, they needed uh, to make that move. I'm talking about the terrorist move because mm-hmm. the Rangers. Uh, I know they. I know they lost a, a couple of nights ago, but I think they had won seven in a row before that. So I'm, 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 I'm optimistic about the Rangers. I mean, they were right there. You know, they lost a tough one in the, in the conference semis, but I, I think they mm-hmm. could kind of. You know, this is this is one of the things that because they need more scoring. So for me, I think the terrorist move can only help them a lot in that department. Plus, he's a good defender too. So we'll see what uh, what happens there. But yeah, I mean, look, we'll see if Kaner goes anywhere. If he does, he might not. There's a fifty fifty chance he might not. So I don't know. I mean, I know the the, the, the Hawks. So they're, they're they're trying to get that number that that top three those the, one of those top three picks in the NHL mm-hmm. draft over the summer. You know, kind of Bedard mission. Kind yeah. of Bedard. <laughs> okay, okay, that's you know, like, I don't I don't know if you can make a good rhyme for that. Said you know tank for Bedard. I don't know. I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I don't know if he did that with his uh, his last name. But yeah, that that's the guy that that you know, a lot of. Uh, that, that a lot of teams like the Blue Jackets, the Blackhawks. Uh, I know the Ducks are down there at the bottom. Yeah, well. Anaheim stinks. Yeah, yeah Montreal is not very good either. So you got to think that those four teams are going to be you know, battling out for him. So yeah, it's going to be still. But yeah, like I said, I mean, as back to Kaner, I mean, it'll be hard to see him go, but I would be surprised if he doesn't go. But like I said, it's 50 50 whether or not he goes or, 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 or stays, I should say. One more hockey note before we move on. Did you check any of the action from last Saturday night in that stadium series? Yes, I watched I did. it for about five minutes. I said, "Damn, no, Alex Ovechkin." I know, and I, I, and I turned. Uh, Carolina yeah. did what they did, and then they right. beat Washington. Washington, it's surprising they still have a good record despite all their injuries. So yeah, I hope it they'll is. get some bodies, healthy bodies back soon. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, of course, uh, Ovi uh, lost his dad a couple of weeks ago. That's why he did mm-hmm. not. Uh, he did not play. Um, or thrust of prayers to him and his family. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that was a tough one. I love, uh, like I said, I love Carolina. You know how I feel about that team. I I love that yeah. team. They did very well in their in their game. So I think that was. I think that that I'm not gonna say they're gonna go to uh, the the uh, to uh, the Stanley Cup final 
and for because you got they still got to deal with Boston and you know, and, mm-hmm. you know Toronto and Tampa. Tampa's like, hey, we're still here. We're still here for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean look, I mean there's still a lot and uh yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting though to see, especially with some of those teams. I mean, look, Dallas has been very good this year. Uh, like I said, Vegas, Los Angeles has kind of had a bounce back year. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, like like I said, it's gonna be very interesting as we get closer and closer, especially which if Canada does go anywhere, we'll see. I mean, and other other guys too. I mean, you got other uh, various guys that are that could be on the move too. Other veteran yeah, guys. If you trade Kane, I think if you're Kyle Davis, preferably you want to trade him to the Eastern Conference, so you won't see him four right. times a year. Because right. there's a lot of jab in the middle of the Eastern Conference with those teams mm-hmm. you mentioned. Florida's starting to pick it up now. Florida, yeah. We talked about Detroit, Detroit uh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, you know, those teams I just mentioned can use Kane services. Yeah, I think uh, Crosby, City Crosby had a uh, nice showing too over the weekend. Uh, uh, I think he's the 25th goal, the 13th time in his career that he actually has reached that mark. Uh, that's the most in franchise history. So, Pastor, of course, Marilyn Mew, who did it for 12 seasons. This is their. Uh, uh, this is like I think what this third, this well, it's like 11 season, uh, Crosby, uh, said so, uh, mm-hmm. 11 12th around there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, there was definitely like you know, for all the teams we mentioned, of course, you know, the Devils. I know our buddy Matt Vernon is a, is a big Devils fan, New Jersey Devils fan, they've been very playing very well this year. Mm-hmm. So, look, there are, there are a lot of teams out east. I know, I'm sure Kyle Davis is going to want to make sure to try to get a, a Eastern Conference uh team to trade because I know he doesn't want to see Carroll. A lot on the uh, keys in the Western Conference, so yeah, we've already seen these next couple of weeks. Yep, it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens with the men in red. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, we're live in living color. Sid McKinnon here with you. A couple more items to get to before we um, end it with old school TV Monday, our Black History Edition. We didn't get to this last week either, Lakina, but Tim McCarver, the former MLB player and broadcaster, passed away at the age of 81 of course he played for the st louis cardinals as a catcher from 1959 until 1980 and he also played for the philadelphia phillies as well he was a mm-hmm. two-time all-star and helped the cardinals to the 64 world series title and he played with the now late great bob Gibson, who's an outstanding yeah. pitcher uh during that uh during uh during those times and he was a great broadcast as well he did the mlb on cbs abc he did 26 world series of course he got hired by Fox in 96 and retired from Fox following the 2013 World Series. He called the Chicago White Sox 2005 World Series with Joe Buck, as White Sox fans well know. And he did some local broadcasts as well for both the Mets and the Yankees in the late 90s. Won two World Series with the Cardinals and uh, was with the, was, you know, did, was it with the game for 60 years as a player, as a broadcaster? Um, I remember uh, on ABC, of course, you remember that earthquake uh, sitting in 1989 yeah, the area yeah. series mm-hmm. with, with Oakland and uh, San Francisco. Yeah, uh, Michaels too. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was epic. For those of you though that haven't that didn't remember that or haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. Yeah, the coverage was uh was uh, was a stellar. Also, Jim uh, Jim Palmer, I know he wrote a nice uh, tribute to him. Yeah, of course, they worked together. Uh, for a few years on ABC, of course, CBS. You know, he called a couple of uh, the back-to-back World Series with Toronto. Of course, we, you know when the when that went to Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, they did it for a few years. He did it for you too with uh, Joe Buck. We had known for this. He was since he was a kid. So of course, uh, his mm-hmm. his late his late father, Jack. Of course, you know, did was a voice of the Cardinals and called those two uh, World Series locally. Uh, 
for uh with uh for Ricardo and uh Bob Gibson. So yeah, he was a voice of a generation. Now, like I said, I wasn't uh we're not that old, Sid. So we're not, we're not old enough to remember when he played. I'm talking about Mr. Ricardo, but we remember of course yeah, I remember uh when uh you know at ABC and you know, CBS now, you know, then with Fox, of course, mm -hmm. that was a great uh, time because you saw there were like at least those games came out at least like two or three times a week. Yes. On uh, the weekends, game of the week, but you also saw some primetime games too. They had Monday Night Baseball for a little bit mm -hmm. uh, that McCarver was a big part of. And, you know, it was definitely a different time. He was very warm and, and engaging and very knowledgeable. And of course, I'm sure a lot of you know, some folks will remember, of course, he got bumped by a uh, dumped by a bucket of uh, ice by Dion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make it all about that, but that's part of the story as well. And of course, if you remember the ESPN 30 for 30 special that mm -hmm. came out about a year or two ago, they did put the disclaimer out there that they did reach out to Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver said, no, I'm not going to do it. For those of you that don't know the backstory, uh, on that day in October 92, Deion Sanders, who was playing baseball at the time for the Atlanta mm -hmm. Braves, there were in the NLCS against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He he was also playing for the Atlanta Falcons as well. Of course, this was a couple of years before he moved to San Fran and helped them win the Super Bowl, of course, the following year with the Cowboys. But mm -hmm. he played uh, – the Falcons were playing Miami in Miami mm -hmm. earlier in the day, and then he right. flew on his private jet to Pittsburgh to play in the NLCS against the Pittsburgh Pirates, both – Right. McCarver and McDonough both, as the kids were saying, went in on Deion Sanders, calling him selfish. Why did he do that? Mm -hmm. And that was an uh, error at that time that you saw uh, two sport athletes. You didn't have that many, but you had a couple. Besides Deion Sanders, you had Bo Jackson and, of course, Brian Jordan, who doesn't get enough uh, credit for that. Because remember, right. he played for the Falcons, too. Mm -hmm. Of course, yep. in baseball, he played for the Braves, Cardinals, and I forgot who, who he played for. He played for the Dodgers. So he played for much other teams later on in his career. But uh, Brian Jordan was a heck of a football player as well, playing for the Falcons. But back to Dion. Of course, after after Atlanta beat Pittsburgh in Game Seven in '92 in Atlanta in an epic uh, ending to that game. Of course, Dion Sanders was celebrating with his teammates in the locker room. He saw Tim McCarver start start splashing little bits of drops of water at him. And then, of course, Tim McCarver turns around and says, "You're a real man, Dion." <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately for for some folks, that's going to be the lasting moment for him, uh, for folks. Yeah. But but you know, it's unfortunate that they, they didn't. You know, they weren't able to patch things up. Mm -hmm. So that 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 was unfortunate that they didn't able to come to a, a, a agreement. I know I know he and uh, uh, Sean McDonough made up, but I'm talking about him and Dion. So I yeah. don't I don't know why they weren't able to that him and McCarr were able to patch things up. But you know, it is what it is there. But mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, look, going back to his career, I'm talking about McCarr's career on, on mm -hmm. television. So he was a voice of a generation. You know, very knowledgeable and such. I mean, you know that that was sort of the thing. You know, with older uh, older folks, you know, they'll, they'll look, they'll let you know, they'll let you know. So, you know, you got to give a little bit of credit there. I'm talking about uh, McCarver, but yeah, I'm look. I mean, he plays some. You know, he calls some great games. He was a great pitcher. So, you know, I'm just gonna remember him for that. I mean, yeah, that's mm -hmm. the, for me. That whole thing with Dion was just a footnote in that history. Yeah. I know some people will want to make that like the main thing, but you know, he was more than that. Agree. I usually don't do too much "quote unquote" free advertising on on this show, but I will advertise a YouTube channel. It's called "This is where you This is where you find baseball." I believe that's what it's uh, called. Yeah, I think <laughs> this is where you find baseball. They put up a couple of games that Tim McCarver broadcasted when he was with the Mets back in the day. Remember WWOR? Yeah. Yes, you know, I remember. Oh, a superstation on cable. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Yes, I remember that they they showed the commercials all the time when we first yeah. got cable. <laughs> So they were, they were trying to be the uh, stepping stone to what WGN did here in Chicago with the Superstation right. across 
the country on cable. So this is where you find baseball. Check out their YouTube channel. They have some great classic games. If you're a Cubs and a White Sox fan, uh, they have some old games from their winning seasons as well. But they put up a few um, McCarver, Tim McCarver games for the for this last week or so. So go go check it out. This is where you find baseball. It's a YouTube channel. All the, all the games are in the entirety. Uh, basically commercial free, a couple of commercial, local commercials here and there, if you remember, but mostly commercial free. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the rest of his family. As we remember the uh, late great uh, Hall of Fame pitcher and broadcaster, Tim McCarver, as you listen to Second City Sports on Sports in Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Uh, anything else Sid, uh, you want to talk about before we go uh, to our old school TV Monday? As I keep fading in and out with this background here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to our good friends at Odyssey real quick. We won't take too much time. Maybe we can pick this up on Friday. But they released uh, the, our good folks at Odyssey. Uh, uh, they they had uh, they put out a top ten list this all season from each position. Today we'll do the top. Mm-hmm. They have their top ten MLB center fielders for the twenty twenty three season. And number ten they have Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Number nine Cedric Mullins. Um, you know, of course, he, he helped Baltimore have a surprise season, even though they came up a few wins short of the playoffs. Number eight, Chaz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins. Oh, okay. uh, too bad. Yeah, too bad the Sox couldn't get him, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Speaking of the White Sox, Luis Robert Jr. checks in at number seven. Okay, I could, I could get with that. Yeah, number six, Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Number five, Michael Harris, the second of Atlanta. He had really had a good year last year, 19 home runs, 64 RBI. Number four, Brandon Nimmo, which I thought the Sox were in the running for, but Brian Stover was cheating, not giving out money, but that's a whole other issue. So Brandon Nimmo at number four from the New York Mets. Number three, Byron Buxa of the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. If he's, you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the best five tool players in Major League Baseball. So by Byron Buxa of the Minnesota Twins checks in at number three. Number two, Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. He got the big contract. Ah. Yeah, he got the big contract last year. Of course, he almost won home run derby during mm-hmm. the all-star game in Los Angeles. Of course, Seattle returned to the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. And according to Odyssey, uh, the number one center fielder for 2023, Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels. Hmm, I think you, you could flip that, especially since Trout was injured for some time last year. But I can kind of see why yeah. they – he was very productive before he got hurt, so I'm, I'm not I'm not going to yeah. be you know too uh, miffed about that. I don't have a problem with that list because you know we saw how far Minnesota fell when Buxton got hurt. So that, that, yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, you saw how fell. They were they were right there in that for a wild card spot because they were right there back and forth with uh, Cleveland and the White Sox. So once mm-hmm. he got hurt, you know things you know kind of the wheels kind of fell off for uh, Minnesota. So yeah, but I don't have no problem with that list. I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I think like I said I think. Yeah, it, 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 that's the right list. Especially the top five. So, yeah, it, I'm fine with that list. All right. So, uh, real quick, yeah, before we uh, go to the old school team, we will talk a little bit of golf for a second. The Genesis Open commenced out west. Uh, John Rahm, uh, his third uh, title this year, his ninth overall. He actually breaks uh, Seve Ballesteros' record for most PGA Tour wins by a Spaniard. Of course, he now trails, uh, I believe, Miguel Angel Jimenez. I think that's, that's the only guy he trails. But, yeah, another uh, – Really, you know, really, uh, uh, really good showing for him. Uh, that's that, that that long put on six, you know, or 14, I should say, definitely sealed that win, uh, for him. Of course, he and Max Roma had a great, uh, 
back at well not back and forth but you know they retired for a little bit but like i said that uh that long birdie putt uh on 14 you know kind of like I, I think it was 16 but yeah uh it kind of like you know he ran away with that i'm talking about uh rom after that but yeah a really great showing by him like i said his third win already this year he's always had like like, like five or six top 10 finishes already this year so amazing but you know tiger you're wondering where is tiger at well i mean he had a he was he you know he had a great uh, showing of the in the weekend, but you know he didn't really do too well after that. And you could tell by the way he was walking, he was still a little. He had a fishy tie for forty fifth. Mm-hmm. That's this is this is tournament by the way in Palisades, so this is actually his tournaments. The Genesis uh, Invitational, but you know didn't do too well. But you could tell that that knee's still bothering him. So yeah, if he was healthy, he would definitely finish probably one of the top ten, top fifteen at, at best. But I wanted to ask you, like, you know, do you think that we saw what he did at the Masters last year, and that was just right after that accident? Do you think he'll try to give it a go again this year? Because we all have a little bit over a month between now and the start of the Masters in early April. Yeah, I, I'm wondering, like, could he perhaps maybe try and do it? I know that there, I know he wants to try uh, uh, go to a couple other uh, warm up tournaments. I'm talking about Tiger, so, <laughs> but. You can tell that he kind of, you know, felt wind and it was exhausted. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I know he's going to try and play. I know it kills him when he doesn't. When he doesn't have to, but he, when he doesn't play the Masters. So I'm a little, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, like I said, you got a you got a little bit of a little while before they're already showing uh, promos for it on ESPN. Go figure with that one. But yeah, yeah. But uh, I think he'll try to make a go at it if 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 he has to do it on a walker. <laughs> I mean, he might try to. <laughs> He might use a golf cart or a walker. I don't know if he'll, he's allowed to do it. Yeah, give that man a car, golf cart. He deserves it. Yeah, I don't know if they're allowed. I don't know if they're allowed to do it at Augusta, though. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, you, you can tell he's still he's still listening in pain. He's still recovering and such. So yeah, that that that's tough to watch, but I'm sure we'll try to make a go at it. Yep. Now it's time for Old School TV Monday Black History Month edition. This is our third entry into our Old School TV Monday edition for the month of February, Lakina. Let's hang out with Detectives J.C. Williams and Eddie Torres in New York Undercover. That's right. New York Undercover was an American police drama that aired on the Fox Television Network from September 8th, 1994 to February 11th, 1999. The series starred Malik Yoba and Michael DeLorenzo as two undercover detectives in New York City's 4th Precinct who were assigned to investigate various crimes and game-related issues. The cast also included... Patty uh, Quinn as their supervisor, Lieutenant Virginia Cooper, and Lauren Valdez, who came in at season two, who joined the cast as Nina Moreno, fellow detective and long interest to Torres. New York Undercover was co-created and co-produced by Dick Wolf, and his storyline takes place in the same fictional universe as Wolf's NBC series, Law and Order. It spin-offs the Chicago and FBI series and Homicide Life on the Street. New York Undercover, who's working the type working the title during development was Uptown Undercover, named after the record label Uptown Records, whose co-founder and CEO of the late Andre Harrell, who was also the second producer of the series, is notable for being the first police drama on American television to feature two people of color in starring roles. In, con- in contrast to popularity of NBC's must-see TV on Thursday nights in the 90s, many African-American viewers flocked to Fox's Thursday night lineup, which which included Martin, Living Single, and of course, New York undercover. Lakina, before I have my little rant, I want you to get yours out your system first. Oh, Lord. You want me to do my rant first? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I was glued to the television. It was great to see two uh, lead characters you know, of color, you know, especially in a big city like New York, you know, doing mm-hmm. you know, the you know, police, you know, detective work and such. I mean, 
uh, you know, tour, tour, mm, tours and Williams were my, were my guys. And, and I loved that. Look, I flocked it. I was one of those folks that flocked to Fox at eight o'clock to get, to catch that, mm-hmm. uh, to catch it. But, uh, I mean, they weren't afraid to go there with some of the various issues. Uh, you know, they, they tackled gang, they talk, you know, they take, they, they tackled drugs. Um, I know, uh, uh, Patty Jarmaville's character, I forgot her name. Uh, darn it, I forgot her name at the top of my head, but uh, but yeah, her daughter, her character's daughter, uh, you know, dealt with uh, you know, ch- uh, sex trafficking or, or child molestation and such, so they weren't they weren't afraid to go there with those various issues and and whatnot. Um, they had great uh, star, you know, great guest stars, of course, uh, you know, Naomi Campbell, uh. Mm-hmm. Edie Falco, a pre uh, Sopranos, Edie, Edie Falco was on there uh, as a Sergeant Sar- Sar- Kelly who kind of helped out with cases and such. Josh Hopkins, you know, he was on there. Uh, what else? They had like a who's who of Tyra Banks was on the, sh- was mm-hmm. on the show. I- Isaiah Washington before uh, Grays, he was on there. Uh, Michael Rose Michelle from New Jack City. <laughs> yeah, she had a recurring role as uh, Williams' mm-hmm. wife. Uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, among some many others, many many others uh, guest stars. I know there there are so many, you know, too many to count. I would say, but yeah, um, but I know uh, George Gore, of course, who play uh, Little G, uh, that the son, Williams' son. Of course, he went on to do uh, My Wife and Kids. We won't go there because I got to write about that that show too. We'll probably do that show at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I got to write about that. But yeah, I mean, Laura Velez. I mean, I loved her. I loved her character when she first came on. But apparently uh, Fox was messing with uh, Michael DiLorenzo's money. And that's mm-hmm. apparently why he left after the third season. And, of course, you know, Josh Hopkins and uh, Marissa Ryan, who, uh, uh, who uh, I believe was on, uh, who was on Major Dead, I think. You know, that's where I grew up watching her. And, you know, they played the two new detectives. Thomas, uh, Thomas Bicall Ford, of course, God rest his soul. He played the mm-hmm. new boss once Patty Diarbaville left. It just wasn't the same, and it wasn't the same after uh, after uh, Torres's death. And I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I know uh, Sid has a longer rant, but to me, that that ended the show right there. I actually, I actually didn't watch the show too much after that because that was your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Michael DeLorenzo and Lee Gilbert had great chemistry. Not just you could see, you could tell that you know, the they were they were clear close on set. They still are after all these years. But once DeLorenzo left, because you know, Fox effed around with his money. The show ended it. That ended it for me. That ended it for me because I, I felt like the once once he once Torres died. I know spoil. I know it's been like twenty five years, but spoiler alert, folks. Yeah. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything, but uh, it, it just it just wasn't the same after uh, he left. I I, I just it it wasn't. Here's the thing. There were some great storylines uh, on that show. I really enjoyed that. I know we're '80s babies, Lakina. Uh, I remember Miami Vice in the '80s, but I was too young to mm-hmm. watch. I caught it. I caught up in reruns on cable. Another various uh, stations in Chicago during the 90s and so forth. But New York Undercover was our Miami Vice for, for the mm-hmm. 90s because you had two young guys that could relate to the, the to the people that they were working in in the community. Uh, it was in the hip-hop culture, which was being brought on on primetime television. We haven't seen that before. Remember Ice-T, of course, after that controversy of Cobb Kellen and Ronnie King rides and all those politicians that year because it was, mm-hmm. that year 92 was doing for the presidency. We won't get too much into that. But uh, that show actually helped start his movie career and his television career before mm-hmm. Law and Order SVU. And they, I thought they used this character great on that show. Of course, you know, yeah. 
Uh, J.C. Williams was a single father taking care of his kids. He was involved in the love triangle. Of course, you saw, saw what happened after season one. Michael Michelle's character was killed off by uh, yep. Ice T, and Ice I thought that was a great yep. storyline. Even though I was devastated, like everybody else watching mm-hmm. that show. And let's give props to. Now I saw this interview. He was on with Sway in the morning, or uh, uh, five years ago. James and Tume, who had the who had that song called Juicy Food, later sampled by Notorious B.I.G. in the nineties. He was the music uh, composer for New York Undercover. And remember that club, Natalie's. Yes. He brought on yep. all those guest stars of, of from the old school in from those uh, current artists at the time, like uh, Escape, SWV, The Light Aaliyah, Casey and JoJo, and Mary mm-hmm. J. Blige was on that show. Notorious B.I.G. was on that show. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode, Lakita, is centered around, they couldn't say his name at the time, but remember after Tupac got killed, they did a special episode about that. Yep. And Rolanda Williams, who was a famous talk show host in the late 80s, early 90s, she appeared on that show, and they had uh, Notorious B.I.G., Sticky Fingers, Yo-Yo, and I yes. forgot who the other rapper was. They did a special episode of was hip-hop in trouble because all the, remember, gangster rap was dominating the charts uh, back in the mid-'90s with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Tupac, and others. So they really tackled some issues. and The storylines were good, but like you said, some of the stuff behind the scenes, it was just crazy. Well, yeah, no, it's, like I said, it was one of those things where you just wonder, like, you know, Jonathan LaPaglia, you know, he joined it as a detective and such. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, I think I, I really felt like, you know, the show lost a lot of its oh, when uh, Michael DeLorezzo's character was uh, let go. So, it, it, like I said, I mean, it had great musical guests. I mean, I know, I think I think stream on Peacock, I believe. So if you have Peacock, you know, make sure you guys uh, check that out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think for me, I think you know, it kind of lost its way. I think I don't know how long the show would have lasted had uh, Michael DiLorenzo had not left. But you know, the, the music and everything else, and you know, all the musical guests that they had, you know, they played at that you know, at the club. Like you said, you know, a lot of the, a lot of those folks released their different albums. That look, that was a different, that was a thing back in the '90s where mm-hmm. all these shows, you know, like on Fox and on the WB, they all had. Uh, you know, musical guests, you know, promote their albums and their new material and such. So mm-hmm. that that definitely was uh, a thing there. And unfortunately, with Lights TV, that's not the case anymore. But yeah, I I, I felt yeah, I, I felt like that was a big element to the show as well. Was the music. remember they cut that? Remember they cut that out after that episode aired about the the rappers getting shot. They cut out right. uh, the, the 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 singer singing in the club at the end. I thought that was another death nail in the coffin too. That was yeah. That was definitely a, a big part of it. That was a big part of why that show became such a big hit. That it was. I was looking forward to that at the end of every episode. Uh, some of those newer artists at the time singing classic hits, and then the opposite for the older artists. Remember Gladys Knight, who was the owner of the club. She was on that show. I believe Isaac mm-hmm. Hayes was on that show. Yep. So they had a mixture of old school and new school artists from that era on that show. I thought it was very well represented. I'm yeah, just it was. mad that they cut that out. Yeah, they could they could have done some R and B. They could have done some. They could have even done some like some Latin, some rap, as a rock uh, stuff. But you know, kind of like represented what New York, your know, city was about. But mm-hmm. at the time, because it was becoming more and more diverse by that point. So I'm a little. To me, I think that was another th- another thing that kind of you know that the death nail to that show. But you know mm-hmm. when it cut that part out. But uh, I just think they they got they got they ran scared and and such. So that whole thing with your know, Tupac and, and Big after that all that transpired mm-hmm. i think that definitely kind of killed not, not not literally but it kind of mm-hmm. just you know put the momentum of that show but who knows what show how long the show would have last had had uh like i said had michael dorizzo not left i felt that 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 kind of you know not, not necessarily killed the show once once you know they messed around with his money 
And I, I really felt that that was sort of like the death nail to that show. Of course, they brought on different characters and different folks, you know, coming in and such. But it just wasn't the same after that. And and you can kind of tell, you know, you, you can tell I, I, Malik Yoba said in you know, various interviews that, yeah, he kind of felt that, yeah, he knew he knew it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be long after uh, DiLorenzo left. Yeah. And Michael DiLorenzo, if you know the story, he didn't find out that he was gone from the show until they read the script to film that episode. And he was shocked mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And also, too, another footnote to Michael DiLorenzo's character, Fox didn't really promote that show at the time. And and they were, they were trying to branch out to a wider audience. They had the Black American audience on lock, as the kids would say. But Michael DiLorenzo's De- 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 role was supposed to go to a white actor after they couldn't find a mm-hmm. white actor. He kept, I watched an interview last night with De Lorenzo. He said that he kept begging his agent to go do the uh, do the run, uh, the screen test for the for the show. So he did it and they were impressed. So they couldn't help but give him the job. Right. So, uh, yeah, you saw that thing on, on the sun. They kind of, they really didn't do too much. I mean, they didn't really get into why uh, Patty D'Armaville uh, left. They didn't say why mm-hmm. she left, but. You know, I, I think that might have been some other stuff going on behind the scenes with her money as well. So, yeah, there was a lot of uh, things and such you know, that kind of went on. I mean, that, that show could have lasted longer, but yeah. you know, it, is what, it is what it is with that. But, yeah, it, it felt like there, there was a lot of directions that they, that they could have went, but they didn't. So it is yeah. what it is with that. And, I, and I, look, you, you catch all the, sh- the episodes are right are, are streaming on Peacock. I'm sure it's streaming on other places as well. But, you know, if you want to, you know, run some memories and such, I mean, they still they still show the music. You know, and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. that was a tough. That was tough when they decided not to do that anymore. But it, I think, like I said, it was a. There were other directions that the show could have went. That, that you know, you always wonder what what could have happened had he had not gotten killed off. But yeah, yeah. It, I know. I know they were trying to do a, a different version, but I, I think I know on ABC, but it didn't get picked up because the script wasn't very good, from what I heard. So that's mm-hmm. that's always why that 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 because they were supposed to have been doing a a reboot of New York Undercover, but. This yeah, wasn't very good, and I guess you know ABC didn't didn't pick it up. Yeah, MC Light was supposed to be in that one too. This was from like three or four years ago. They had a couple of other originals to sign on, but MC Light was supposed to play their boss, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then Michael DiLorenzo, they didn't couldn't contact him. Yeah, it, like I say, if 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 a reboot was to happen, he has to be in it. Talking about Michael DiLorenzo, he has to be in it. Now, unless you're going to say that he was has been held captive or has been in the coma all these years, I think that's probably the only way you can kind of write the ship there that maybe, you know, I guess someone maybe saw that he was still alive and, you know, they took him, you know, somewhere to another hospital, I guess, off the beaten path. And, you know, maybe he's been in the coma and, you know, doing, look, I'm, I'm putting all my soap on my head for a second with that. But, you know, that'd be a nice way to kind of write that ship, but, you know, have him and uh, JC you know, reunite. But, you know, it, it, it is what yeah. it is with there. <laughs> but it, it was still a great show. It was the number three show on the on the Fox Network at the time as far as comedies behind Martin and Living Single. So it did well in the ratings. It did it did like a 7.8 in its first year, and it did double it digits his next two years. But like you said, looking after Michael Michael's character was uh, killed off, uh, it tainted and, and, and it got canceled. So we, we, for Black History Month, for Old School TV Monday, we salute. The Fox uh, TV police drama, New York Undercover. Makina, take us home. With that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenneth Scrum McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. 
Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, go ahead and give them a follow on all social media platforms at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And don't forget you can catch Second City Sports on Roku TV. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you want, you can you know, check out our show, Sean and Maya. Um, you know, what's up, cuz and the smoke fellas. And we'll see if uh I'm sure uh you know Jay and Vernon will have something on, you know, for uh the, the guys tonight. I can only I know they're but they now Peter got something planned too because I guess uh the I uh, the IHSA boys basketball playoffs are going on right now as we speak. So they might have, they may you know, talk a lot about that too. So just make sure you guys check out the show coming up tonight at six. Yep. And don't forget you can catch Second City Sports live in 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as the kids who say. Catch Second City Sports live in 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And, and a personal note, Lakina. Great job on WVON's uh, the sports fu- fundamental sports show in Chicago on uh, last Friday. You sounded great with Titus and both both of them, Titus and, and Arturo DJ Turbine. Yeah, yeah, and our, our, our producer Day Day as well. So uh, yeah, you guys can check that check that uh, uh, interview out on uh, the WVON uh, Facebook page also too. I think on mm-hmm. iHeart too. I think they're also on iHeart as well. So make sure you guys check that. Out too. So, uh, for Sid, I like he has been second city sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Do 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 do. Holla. <laughs> <laughs>